do you know, funny enough, I've been branding for, for many years. Um, I've worked with the Grammys, IMG, New York Fashion Week, so out on John's Oscar. So the biggest events in the planet and some of the biggest luxury brands in the planet. And it all got summed up about a week ago by a guy that installed a pizza oven in my garden. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the High Level Spotlight Sessions, where we showcase awesome marketers doing awesome marketing. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Mr. Steve Sims, Steve Sims, sorry, Steve, who is referred to as incredible things like uh, the real life Wizard of Oz, the man who can. Steve, thanks so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Steve, I feel like I'm seeing you everywhere these days. You're becoming a celebrity in your own right. So I don't think we have to go too deep into your backstory, but you you wrote an incredibly influential book. Um, your history is just making crazy things happen. Give us the, the quick synopsis of your, you know, what brought oh, you here. God, no different than anyone else. I was a, I was a poor lad. Uh, I was a bricklayer in London with no money. I wanted to make money. No point in talking to poor people about making money because they don't have money. So I found a way of communicating with affluent people. And, you know, affluence then started off by being someone that had a new car. Now I just happen to talk to the most powerful people in the planet. And I get to have conversations with Elton John, Elon Musk, Peter Diamandis, Richard Branson. And through my relationships, not only do I help them with certain things, but I get to, to quiz them and ask them. And I'm a great believer today that the horrible, well, not horrible, but the aggravating statement, you know, your network is your net worth. Mm. I focus on my network. I focus on the numbers I have in my Rolodex and what I can do with them. And you're right. I did a book, Blue Fishing, um, this book, actually. I did this book. Five years ago, in fact, my second book comes out on the 18th of October this year, Go For nice. Stupid, and I released the book not expecting it to do anything. Now, a lot of people release a book thinking, oh, it's going to be a bestseller, it's going to do it. I got paid very well by Simon & Schuster to do it, and I thought that would be the end of it. So I did everything in that book the way I market, the way I brand, the way I court clients, how I focus on loyalty and commitment over bribery points um all of this kind of stuff really didn't expect it to take off like it did but boy it did and we were just talking about this this year i'm keynote at uh, traffic and conversion exactly on the topic that me and you are going to be chatting about i love it we're going to be at tnc so i look forward to seeing you there and okay. so let, let's kind of hop into that right i feel like um you're going to be talking about branding and I feel like branding is something that agency owners often forget about, overlook. Maybe they're just too busy because they're spending all their time on their client accounts and things like that. Whereas, correct me if I'm wrong, or would you agree with when you put time in your personal branding, you can make quantum leaps is the way I kind of see it, right? Yeah, there's a... Do you know, funny enough, I've been branding for, for many years. Um, I've worked with the Grammys, IMG, New York Fashion Week, so out on John's Oscar. So the biggest events in the planet and some of the biggest luxury brands in the planet, and it all got summed up 
about a week ago by a guy that installed a pizza oven in my garden. And he was saying to me, look, you're going you're gonna to check the heat on your coals. You're going to check the heat on your wood. But what a lot of people ignore is the plate. The piece that the actual pizza sits on, that's mm. got to get up to heat. If you focus on that, your pizza will taste better, will actually um, uh, cook faster, and you'll be able to do repeat pizza. So focus on your plate, not on everything else around it. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus, the guy's installing a, an oven in my garden. But that's what branding is. Everyone goes, right, I've got a product. Screw branding. Let me get Facebook ads. Let me get Instagram. Let me get TikTok. Let me... And you need those things. But if you don't focus on the brand, you end up amplifying a poor message. If you focus on your brand, you quadruple your ROI because you've now got that one thing everyone wants clarity mm. so that's what branding is it will get you where you want to be 10 times faster and on a fifth of the cost so you i mean you you started i don't know if you still have an agency that's famous for getting anything somebody wants right like somebody yeah. wants a i don't know like something crazy like a dinner on the eiffel tower or what you've done crazy things and and i i will ask you for some of the examples <laughs> um but was there one that you sort of pulled off that all of a sudden really catapulted your brand? I think they all did. Um, because when I started- <laughs> I'm sure it was, just keeps going up every time does. you pull one off. It's a constant ladder. Um, and here's the daft thing. I'll often sit there going, how the bloody hell did this happen? Um, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things that one minute- and I did. I did a private dinner at the Jules Byrne restaurant in Eiffel Tower. Um, I've done dinners in, in Buckingham Palace. I've done the weird, and we'll get into those later. But every time I do something, it kind of escalates. Well, you did that. Can you do this? Can you do that? And they've just escalated. And over the years, as I say, we'll go into the name dropping later. I literally sit there like a curious little kid going, how the fuck did I pull this off? Um, and I think that's what a lot of people don't have. I think a lot of people are so systematic and look, we're, we've all got agencies. We all need things to work in a certain structure, but every now and then you've just got to stop and go, don't fight the magic sauce. Just accept it. Just be thankful you have it. And that's, that's what happened to me. For some reason, I was doing so many things that always boggled me that I was there. Well, I, you know, I feel like you, you're going to inspire a lot of people because I think a lot of times it's a mindset thing, right? Like we get trapped in this mentality of like, but those people are famous or that guy, you know, there's no way, you know, and I think if we, if we look through the lens of an agency, quantum leaps that you could take, whether it be locally, like, I feel like if you're really focused on your local community, uh, businesses in your community, getting to know people like your local politicians, your mayor, things like that. That might seem like something that's crazy. But I think if you talk to someone like you, you're like, that's not crazy at all. I mean, when in life did that shift in your brain of like, I could probably make that happen? I mean, that doesn't seem <laughs> impossible. So here's, here's the funny thing. It hit me like a ton of bricks seven years into a hugely successful business. 
which is a funny, funny time frame for it to be happening. And I can, I can still remember the desk I was sitting behind when it hit me and what my wife said to me that made me bowl over. And I was living in Switzerland at the time. So the, again, go back to the beginning as a bricklayer with no money. My job was to learn how to make money. You can't learn how to make money from people that have no money. So my goal was to get into affluent networks. How many agency owners go, hey, I've got a great service, a good product. And then the next thing they start focusing on is payment plans. You know, well, I've got this product and you can split the costs over four. Screw that. If you start marketing and attracting clients where money is not in the question, you can start mm. focusing on becoming more of a value. So I learned very early on, don't talk to a poor person. And I know this is rude. We've all been poor, but don't talk <laughs> to a poor person because they can't afford you. Speak and attract to an affluent person where they're going to be focused on the value, not on the invoice. So I started doing that at the beginning with my concierge yeah. firm. And I'm going to say it openly, and I've said this before on a few other podcasts. I didn't want to be a concierge. I didn't want to launch a concierge business. I didn't want to be the man that can. I didn't want to be the, the nice version of Ray Donovan. I didn't want to be any of this shit. <laughs> I just wanted to speak to affluent people and speak to Elon Musk and go, hey, how come you're successful and so many people are not? Richard Branson, Elton John, and people you've never heard of before that are, that are more affluent than them. And I got into this, if I can look after you by helping you meet Beyonce or helping you you know, play piano with Elton John, then, hey, that's great. But really, I'm just looking for that conversation. And so as it was growing, I got to ask these people. And then Claire said to me, we were seven years into this. And here was the dumb thing. I, we were living in a penthouse in Geneva. And I said to my wife, for the last four years of those seven years, babe, don't, I, I know it seems like erratic business and I'm flying off to Macau. I'm flying to Monaco, London, Stad, Palm Beach. I'm traveling all over the planet with these wealthy people. And I'm apologizing to Claire, my wife, going, hey, don't worry. It'll all settle down and I'll get a real job with one of these people I know. <laughs> and she came up to me and because I was not looking at the people, I was looking at the benefit. I never got intimidated. And so I would be sitting there with kings and queens thinking, all right, I'll get this deal. It'll make me X, Y, Z dollars, but it'll put me in this room. And then when I'm in that room, that can... and have you noticed when you're focusing on something else, you're not worried about the thing in front of you. Mm. So all of a sudden, Claire's, Claire's stood there and she's like, you're phoning this person. You're texting that person. You're emailing that person. You're popping out for drinks with this person. And she went, nobody else does that. <laughs> and I suddenly went, shit. And you know, seriously, it bent me out of shape for about six months because I started focusing on the wrong thing. And it started intimidating me. And there's a long story I shared in Bluefishing about how I actually took out all my earrings, covered up my tattoos, and started wearing suits because I thought to myself, shit, I better fit in. And that was the worst period of my life. But I went back to wearing a black T-shirt, riding around in motorcycles, and uh, thankfully, and, and took off. But there is that intimidation, and I'm telling everybody out there, it's in your head. When you walk up to somebody, 
All you've got to care about is will you add value to them? And I'll give you an example. It's one o'clock in the morning and you've got a headache. You get out of bed, you go into the kitchen cabinet or the bathroom cabinet, you get your headache tablets, and we're all in branding and marketing. When was the last time you looked at that bottle and went, now nah, I don't like the logo, put it back and tried finding another one. Has that ever happened to you? Right, of course. You just shove the pill down your throat as fast as you can. Because you are there for it to solve a problem. You don't care what it looks like. And that so was me. Is, this is leading into what you're, I was going to say, okay, if we think metaphorically about like cold outreach is something that we do all the time as marketers, right? And I yeah. feel like two approaches that work really well that we've had a lot of people talk about is one is leverage somebody who knows the contact, right? Have them make the introduction yep. or just reach out with some form of value. Hey, I want to provide this value to you. Which of those two paths is the one you think is most effective when you sit down to say, okay, how am I going to make this crazy thing happen? Easy. Both of them. And I okay. know that's not the answer you want, but there's nothing better than me getting say, Roland Frazier, uh, Ryan Dice, Joe Polish, introduce me to you to solve your problem. Okay? Mm, okay, double Then a. I just come in and go, yeah, I believe you spoke to Joe. How can I help you? So I, I and here's a, here's a weird thing. I had my website, this newfangled thing called a website, built for me in nine, uh, 2000, okay? And I think it was at the time when, it was like 20 grand for like one page. It was mm -hmm. those stupid periods. And I did a show. I was actually working in, in Monaco and I got asked to do a breakfast TV show. And they were interviewing me in breakfast TV in England. And this was my stupid point in my life that I thought my family in London are going to be impressed with me now. Well, my family are Irish and the Irish ain't fucking impressed with anything. So I just got annihilated of how fat I looked on TV. But during the interview, the woman turned around to me and she said, you're so exclusive. You don't even have a phone number on your website. And I realized that we never did. And you know, the funny thing is after that day, we never did. We never added it because all of our business came from referrals and there's never going to be anything better. But you know, the dumb thing is how many times do you actually go back to your people that have spent money on you and ask them to refer you to three other people? Now, I, there's a mm. lot of people out there and they go, oh, yeah, I just deal with referrals. And they don't. They're lucky. But how many times do you push it? I will literally send out a book. Not mine. You know, I'll be speaking on stage with a guy. I'll go, hey, that's a great book. I'd like to buy 20 of your books. I'll send them out to my client going, hey, I was speaking at an event. This guy had something good to say. I go on to sign a book and I'm sending it to you. Oh, by the way, how's XYZ that we did with you? And I own Sims.media, so I own a marketing company. How did we do for you? Oh, it's great, Steve. I'm going to ask you now, do you feel comfortable enough, based on what you've just told me, to introduce me to three people? And actually ask them. Now, you will get people go, no, but is there any better reference than someone that's actually spent money on you? Yeah, absolutely not.
No, but so many that. people don't do it. So it's the simplest thing in the world, but people don't do it. And is there any argument out there that a referral isn't the best marketing in the planet? Of course. No, absolutely. I mean, there's there nothing go. better because they do the selling for you, right? They show up interested and ready to buy. Um, and I think that's a really practical piece of advice. Hey, you do a good job. Specifically say, would you mind recommending me to three people? Like that's, I, I, to me, that seems pretty interesting. Um, well, here's the, on and, that note then, we want to help, help the people listening to this, okay? Sure. How many of you out there, and I'm talking to you people listening now, ask for referrals as the footnote of your email. Right. You know, hey, how's the dog? Did, did everything go right? Oh, yeah. P.S. If you know anyone that I can help, send them my way. You're a fucking moron. Make it the sole single subject and topic of your email. Hey, we're expanding and we're getting tight on how many clients we can receive. I really enjoyed working with you. And I'm going out on a limb and thinking, if I like working with you, people who you work with, I may also get on with. So would yeah. you mind introducing and make it the sole single focus of your client? Show exclusivity. Show the, the elusivity that you're actually reducing how many clients. I'm only taking on another seven. I like you. Do you have six other friends I should speak to? You know, do that kind of stuff, but make it the sole single focus of your email and not a footnote that no one will ever read. I love that. And I think that's very practical. Um, let me ask you a question about something that may seem impractical. I feel like if we step, if we, if we think about the industries we work in, right? A lot of our um, people in our community, we, we talk about niching all the time, right? Oh, I'm a marketer. I work with medical spas or I work with solar companies or I work with whatever. I don't think most of us spend time thinking about who, who are the celebrities of this industry that if I had a picture with, I'd be able to leverage. And then all of a sudden people are coming to me, right? Yep. Because I think we both agree. If you can get to a place like you described where people are just coming to you and you can't even keep up with that demand, it's yep. such a better position than the world of having to cold call and scrape. And you know what I mean? You, you're, you're, just, you're quite a sharp dude here, man. Um, you are 100% correct. I've had photographs taken with me because we know the game, you know, your, your proximity is your value. So I've used to death pictures of me and Richard Branson, pictures of me and Elon Musk, pictures of me and Elton John, but pictures of me and people like Ray Kurzweil that a lot of people wouldn't know. Ryan mm. Dice, Roland Frazier, Joe, Joe Polish, people like this, that to some people, massive superstars in that sandpit to other mm. people, they're like, well, who's that? You know? So I would, and you're right. As you said earlier, this could be the head of the better, better business bureau in your neighborhood. This could be the local town mayor. This could be the head of the PTA, you know, whoever is an influencer, whether or not yeah. they have 10 people following them or 10 million speak to them, offer value to them and work with and through that credibility. Because let's be blunt, let's, let's picture this and then I'll shut up. <laughs> Sorry for rambling. No, I'm, no. I'm on your show now. I guarantee you there are people out there that are kind of like, ah, the guy's weird. I don't know if I like him or not. 
but they may still be here. They're not here listening because it's me. They're here listening because you thought I was enough value to bring on the show. I'm credible just by turning up. Right. So you don't have to get a picture with your local mayor. Why don't you start getting on local podcasts and become the celebrity yourself? Now, let me ask you the follow-up question I think is going to help a lot of people because I think most people hear that and they're like, yeah, that sounds great in theory, but how am I going to get in touch with Dr. Oz or like whoever's the celebrity in my industry? And in my experience, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, you've, if you agree with this, we, we at high level have had the opportunity to help some big companies me personally, I've had the opportunity to help and interact with a couple of big figures through Twitter. And every time it happens, I am shocked at how much help they need. When I see behind the curtain of organizations or people that I would consider to be monsters, that I would think there's no way they would ever need help from me or from us or whatever. And then you peel back and you see what they're doing. It's like, oh my gosh, guys, I can definitely help you out here. Have you found that to be the case that people we think like put on a pedestal or whatever, thinking they would never need what I can do or how, you know, how I could help that they actually need all sorts of help and would actually be very receptive to somebody offering, uh, you know, some sort of service. So there's, there's, there's two, there's two answers. One of them's an answer. One of them's a story. One of the answers is I already said to you, when you're looking right, you don't look at left. So when people are building rockets, building houses, building products, building services, they're not necessarily looking at their website. They're not necessarily looking at their branding, their book mm -hmm. sales, their course sales. They're not looking at any other money that's just left on the table. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking in one direction, they're not looking at another. So you're correct there. But me, one of the things that a lot of people that know about me is I'm a selfish prick and I'm getting old. And I don't want to waste my time out there. I'll tell you, if you want to see me uncomfortable, force me to go to a networking party. I am <laughs> God awful. I can't do it. I don't care what you watched on Netflix. I don't care where you're going for a drink afterwards. I don't care. I want to have a conversation. I don't want the water cooler shit. But I do go to events when it's going to be a benefit. And I move with target position. There was this guy from Silicon Valley that I really wanted to get. I knew his community was massive. I knew if I could get into a sand pit, then I'm rolling on a hundred more clients within a heartbeat. He mm -hmm. was one of the pinnacle players that I needed to get in front of. And he was down from uh, Silicon Valley down to Venice beach. And he was at a gala. Now I've been stalking this guy on social. You can stalk anyone. Okay, we all know where Elon Musk's recently been on, hol on holiday. We all know this stuff because he's we can see it. And I was watching this guy and I saw him talking about this event. I saw him talking about his wife's part of it. I Googled that. I found the event. I bought a ticket. I turned up at the event in Venice Beach. It was a black tie event. And I'm sat there like Billy No Mates at the edge of the bar just before the <laughs> dinner waiting to get in front of this guy. And it was very early and everyone's kind of like, oh, Johnny, Billy, yeah. And they're all doing that shit and they're doing little hugs and double kisses and crap. And I was waiting for him to be alone. And all of a sudden, he was. So I grabbed my old-fashioned and I walked up to him. Now, first of all, for any of you that aren't fortunate 
to be watching this and you're listening to it. I'm not the kind of person you often want walking up to you. I'm 245 pound of ugly earrings, bald biker. That's me. And I've got a drink in my hand and my goatee's done and I'm walking towards you. And I know I can sometimes be a bit intimidating. So I'm walking it towards the guy eyes locked. He can see me. He knows I'm coming in. He's wondering, what does this guy want? What's going on? Who is he? Blah, blah, blah. So I turn up to him and listen to the next statement. This is vital. Hey, how you doing? My name's Steve Sims. You don't know me. Now, let me ask you, Chase, how many times have you met people that listen and watch your podcast and start talking to you like they know you and you don't have a clue who they are? Yeah, you're on the you're immediately going, oh crap, how do I do I know this person? How Bingo. So you are uncomfortable. So the first thing to do when speaking to someone that you want to get to know, calm them down. Hey, my name's Steve Simpson. You don't know me. And then you literally see him go, Whew, I'm relieved <laughs> now. But then you also see him go, Well, okay, so what do you want? Yeah. So you gotta be quick. So I went, Hey, my name's Steve Sims. You don't know me, but I have been watching you with, with great admiration. And I noticed you were working on a project. And this is what you do, because we've all got these things called smartphones that are better than what NASA had in the 80s and 90s. Google stuff. And I saw he was working on a project. Now, psychologically, we love answers in threes and fives. If I told you the four steps to get thinner, you kind of ignore it. But if I gave you the three steps or the five, you'd be happier. For some reason, we love threes and fives. Don't ask me why. It's just a fact. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure someone listening to this has got the bloody research on it, so they should post it on your podcast page. But we love threes and fives. So I said to him, hey, I, I was looking at this new project, you and I saw three things that caused me concern. Now, the truth is I only actually found two. We had to basically make up the third just to give him a third, you know? But I went, hey, number one, I saw this was happening, but have you thought about this? Because I wondered if you would then contemplate doing this to remove that potential problem. And number two, I, I looked at you were doing this. Why don't you do this? I'm sure you've thought of it, but have you, con you know, considered putting more energy into that element? And then number three, I forget what it was. It was weak at best, you know, mm -hmm. color code or whatever website design a link didn't work some little shitty thing that we had dragged up to give us our three and we really had to search for that number three and i looked at him and you know what he did and it's not going to be what you think he did he laughed at me now i'm a big ugly fella and this this silicon valley nerd is laughing at me <laughs> and i'm thinking well, okay, that didn't go as planned. And then because he's laughing, about five of people that are stood around him that are all with him and bowing to him, they started laughing at me. <laughs> so I've now got a small crowd laughing at me. And of course, everyone around is looking at this guy who's someone laughing. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And so I'm like, oh, well, screw it. You can't win them all. And I turned away to go back to the bar to finish my drink and to go home. He put his hand on my shoulder and I turned around to look at him and now I'm being laughed at and now he's got his hand on me. So the, you know, the old 
door, I used to be a doorman. So the old doorman's kicking into me now going, this, this better change quick or it's going to get ugly fast. <laughs> and so I'm giving him a side look and he went, no, 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 please, please stay here. I thought, all right, I'll give it another couple of seconds. And I'm looking at him and he said, you know, the funny thing is we shut that project down six months ago and we shut it down for reason number two that you gave us that you also gave us a solution to. Do you know the funny thing? None of these assholes here pointing to the guys laughing <laughs> came up with anywhere even near that answer. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, now not laughing. And he turned around. He said, you can't help me with this project. I don't go back to a dead dog. I remember him saying that. I don't go back to a dead dog. But I like the way you think. Would you consider being on retainer to look over my future projects? Wow. That was six years ago. And I got the latest project, I think, about a month ago. And I get about two a year that I have no freaking clue what they're doing. You know, this is science beyond me. But the bottom line of it is, if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old, you can't explain it. Mm -hmm. So when he writes out to me, I'll go back to him and go, I didn't understand this area. That made you lost me here. And they will reword it so an eight-year-old can understand it. And then they'll go out, raise money or market it. But I've been working for, for six years and quite healthily on that basis. So show up as the solution and they will not care what the packaging looks like. I absolutely love that. And I would say, I don't know, are you big on Twitter? Do you spend a lot of time on Twitter? Uh, I'm, I'm on all social platforms. I'm Steve D. Sims absolutely everywhere. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I suppose I'm big, biggest on Instagram, but I share across all. Well, I, I've always found that people, even celebrities, are so are approachable on Twitter for some reason. Oh, yeah. It's like nobody gets DMs. Or, and when you do, you're just like, oh, okay, I'll read it and take it seriously. It's very, so I feel like you don't even have to fly across the country and buy a ticket to a gala. You Half the time you could just tweet them with some value. And <laughs> but how many people were doing this during COVID? You see, the, the beautiful thing. The door. Yeah, Steve, the, the beautiful, beautiful thing about COVID was no one was actually going out. We're all sitting at home looking at our freaking Twitter account. So we had some, a lot of people out there are kicking themselves for the opportunity they missed on those extra hours that COVID gave us. So we're about to go into a depression of a session, whatever you want to bloody call it. Use this advice now. Yeah. So, Steve, before I let you go, I have to ask the fun questions. Like, of all, now that I know it's, uh, you know, threes and fives, of all the crazy stuff you've pulled off, in your mind, what are the top three that pop into your head? Oh. All right, let's try and put them in order. Uh, I had a client that wanted to meet the rock band Journey. That sounded boring to me. So I put him on stage in San Diego in front of 15,000 people. And he sang on stage with Journey for three songs. And he's deemed now as the shortest term lead singer of the rock band Journey. So that's, that's number three. Number two. Um, number two, I had a client that contacted me because they wanted to get married in the Vatican by the Pope. Uh, no and way. number three. Um, and I just like these, this one because I love Florence. A client wanted to have a romantic dinner in Florence. Again, that sounded boring to me. So I closed down the Academia de Galleria, which is the famous museum 
that houses Michelangelo's David. And at nine o'clock at night, they turned up to their own museum and I had a table of six set up at the feet of David. And then as they've eaten their main course, I had uh, Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Talk about the most romantic dinner of all time. That's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Do you have any uh, that may not even be in the works yet, but you're like, someday, somebody, I'm going to lay that experience on them and it's really going to take it to another level. Do you know, I don't. Uh, what I'm focused on now is that I think I mentioned it before that on the 18th of October, my new book, Go For Stupid, comes out, which basically is the mindset that it takes to do what other people conceive as impossible. Mm -hmm. So when you start opening up your mind to what is possible, then nothing becomes impossible. So if I, if I had that moment of, oh, one day in the future I'm going to do then, then that one day would have to be tomorrow. Because there's many people that have a short-term, medium, and long-term goal. I have the attention span of two days. So if I suddenly go, hey, this sounds great, I have to start putting it together. But what I've really found is my, my, my concierge days have kind of gone behind me now. And now I work with businesses and brands and companies. I'm finding that enjoyable in being able to take people and going, hey, everyone's doing Facebook marketing. No one's doing your branding. Everyone's doing this. No one's doing that. And I like to get people out there branding in the true form, the experientially motive triggers and how they should do it both online and very important, what a lot of people ignore, offline. When the world suddenly gets a power cut, like we all survived during COVID. Can you imagine if we'd have had no internet? <laughs> that would have been, people would have cried. But you know how powerful you are when you don't need the internet. Sure. So we focus on helping people brand digitally, digitally and non. Well, we, we took a page out of your book and when we started, cause our branding is, um, I don't know how long ago, but we reinvented our brand with a space theme. We have a robot astronaut. Um, and we, for our affiliate program, you know, some of our affiliates are achieving incredible heights. Right. And we're like, well, what could we do? That would be insane. That like would just be nuts as a reward. You know, people have given away cars. That's not new. You know, we do that too, but we were like, well, what if we actually took people to space? And we we're like, that, that's insane, right? Yeah. And we started looking into it. And to be honest, it's not that insane. Like yeah. one day we'll probably take someone to space. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, I got to ask you one more fun question before I let you go. Of all the famous people that you've met, who was the coolest in real life? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. I will say that there's a lot of famous people I've met that I've walked away from going, eh, that wasn't worth the wait. Um, <laughs> but um, I think some guy that I really, truly, truly connected with and got on with very, very quick, just in his mannerisms, his addiction to his people, his commitment to connections, was uh, Jean-Paul de Jouria. Um, and a lot of people don't know who he is, but he's the man behind Paul Mitchell um, and um, uh, Patron. And he's a really fantastic guy. And when he talks to you, you feel as though you're the only person 
in his world at that moment. Um, hmm. And so I was, I was very starstruck by him. I'd always wanted to meet him because funny enough, when I was growing up and my wife worked in a hairdresser's, the first luxury thing that they ever had was Paul Mitchell. And she used to nick a few and bring them home because I actually had hair then. So that was our first kind of luxury brand we'd ever heard of was this Paul Mitchell stuff that took over every salon in the planet. Um, and I just wanted to say hello to him and go, oh, you never, you, you, you have a trigger from, you know, I hear Paul Mitchell, I think about when I met my wife, but he was just a wonderful guy to communicate with. That's a very cool answer. I mean, Patron is an insanely huge brand that was yeah. nothing but marketing. I mean, when you talk to tequila oh, people, yeah. it's 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 in no way like uh, the best tequila on the market, but the brand no. itself is incredible. Very cool. Steve, you've got, um, I'm assuming it was a best-selling book, Blue Fishing. It was everywhere. You can get that on Amazon and whatnot. And when your new book comes out, when? The new one comes out on the 18th of October. If you go to, if you text the word SIMS, S-I-M-S, to 33777, we're going to alert everyone when it comes out on the 18th of October this year. Go for stupid. That's SIMS, 1M, SIMS, 33777. I love it. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to see you at TNC. I'm looking forward to it, pal. See you there. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you in the next one.